You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are listening to this. Welcome. I am Michael Batinger to another episode, episode number 27, actually, of the Detroit Local Podcast website, all the above. I hope you're doing absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much. Wherever you are tuning in from, whether it be iTunes, Facebook, uh, the website, I mean, we're all over. SoundCloud, we're working on Spotify. Uh, Joining me today, we usually have my co-host, Kari, uh, a.k.a. Rufio Jones, but unfortunately, he's unable to make it today. So we are waiting on uh, our special co-host, who is also uh, very fittingly in this episode, running late. But Ryan, what are you going to do, right? Fire him. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, dude, I've already fired like three three engineers. Don't be number four, okay? <laughs> I like I like the co-host. So, okay. Uh, real quick, let me recap. We are We are fresh off of the most successful TDL event that we've uh, we've put on. So we had our uh, the Detroit local second anniversary bash at PJ's Lager House. And I just wanted to take a, a quick second to recap how much fun we had. We did a live podcast with a ton of uh, incredible artists. And, uh, you know, it, it was phenomenal. Had a big show afterwards. Thank you so much. Uh, if you are still looking to get any merchandise from that, please visit our website. We've got some, uh, so we've got like six posters left over. T-shirts, the DetroitLocal.com. That's how we are able to bring all the uh, all the guests. That's how we're able to continue to bring podcasts and, and different content. So please go check us out. So, okay, with all of that being said, uh, all the house cleaning is done. We turn our attention now to what could possibly be considered our most grand episode to date. See what you did. Do you guys get? Do you yeah, guys get that? Yes. I'm not usually the joke guy. That's the problem. Like I, like I'll, I'll intro and then Kari will make a quip and like, oh, it'll be great. But uh, joining us today, we have representatives from the Detroit Grand Prix. How are you guys? Great. I'm good. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Thank you so much. So, uh, you know, I figure we'll just go through and introduce everybody. Sitting directly to my left, we have Mr. Merrill Kane, the Public Relations Director for the Grand Prix. That's right. Thank you. It's a good title, huh? Yeah, it's official. <laughs> it's definitely official. I told all you guys when you came in wearing your suits and ties, like, you got to lose the ties. We're, it's I a podcast. Them. I at least lose them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a former radio guy. You got the voice. You got to, you know, kick back once in a while. Uh, sitting directly across is uh, Rena Shanaman. I said that correctly, right? Yes. Rena, thank you so much. And you are the event director. Correct. Now, does that mean that you're Merrill's boss? No. Okay. No, we are, we are you know... Completely equal on this case. Okay. Well, I was just joking. In this case. So, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and then in, sitting in between uh, is, a, is a young man that I've gotten to know over the, the course of the last couple of months getting all this planned, uh, Zach Baker. Zach, how's it going? Pretty good. Dude, thank you so much for uh, for reaching out and getting this all set up. Uh, how did you get set up with the Grand Prix? So uh, this year I'm a member of a fellowship called Challenge Detroit. Yep, absolutely. Um, so from September to September, I'm working with the Grand Prix on the 2019 race. Um, Boy, did they luck out, eh? Yeah, they haven't figured, they haven't figured me out yet. So. We did. So how? So where where did you come from? So I grew up uh, in Berkeley, outside of Detroit. Sure. Um, moved to Chicago for a little while, went to school in Alma, Michigan, and then just graduated in April and came back here. Congratulations. Thanks. Merrill, how about you? How'd you get set up in Detroit with the Grand Prix, all that good stuff? What's your story, right? Sure. Well, my story's uh, fairly simple. So, Metro Detroit uh, guy, born in uh, Pontiac, raised in West Bloomfield, went to Central Michigan uh, for radio, and kind of transitioned out of radio after college into public relations, worked uh, for the Tigers for a little while, and then an opportunity came uh, came to my way to get involved with racing, so worked for the uh, CART Racing Series, which is kind of what's turned into IndyCar. That's sure. where Rena and I met and worked together uh, at that series, which was used to be headquartered in Troy. Okay. Uh, and then moved to Indianapolis and uh, have worked in racing in one way, shape, or form for over 20 years now, kind of dating myself. It's amazing. Uh, but I've been on board with the Grand Prix and the Penske organization since 2007. Fantastic, man. I mean, there's so many different... Types, and I don't even know what the terminology would be, types of racing, right? The one that I always seem to be drawn to is is actually, I, I think you guys do it at the Grand Prix, the, uh, like, rally trucks. 
that like hit the jumps and they're just just tearing around. Do you? Do you uh... It's yeah, it's called it's called like off road trucking, trucks racing, uh, stadium super truck racing is kind sure. of the the technical term for it. Used to be at the Grand Prix, no longer at the oh. Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a it's an interesting form of racing. Yeah, it's kind of a short races, lots of excitement. Lots of banging wheels and that type of stuff, but um, it seems dangerous. It is dangerous. Not that racing is particularly like the most safe of of activities. Kind of inherent to the sport. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But that's what's exciting about it, right? I think so for sure. Not, I mean, yeah. But when they would hit those jumps, I know last year, I think it was they were there and, and just I went. And that was one of the coolest experiences seeing that. So, and Rena, um, tell me about yourself. Where do you come from? How did you get set up at the Grand Prix? Well, I was born in New York, but raised in Detroit, uh, Detroit High School graduate, Henry Ford High School. Um, I'm a Spartan. and then, Go green. Go green is go white. Uh, <laughs> and then, um, you know, just basically was just pursuing a, a career, frankly, in, in packaging, completely unrelated. Sure. And then... Uh, um, but a, a local music fan, very involved with the jazz community many decades ago, it seems like. And um, I actually volunteered for to volunteer for, uh, to work on the Montreux Detroit Jazz Festival back in those days in the early 80s. And I was actually recruited by Detroit Renaissance to help as a volunteer for the very first race back in 1982. 82, first yeah, race, right? Right. Right. So that tells you probably how old I am and how long I've been doing this. And uh, um, I was one of the founders of the volunteer organization, and it evolved into a professional career. In 1990, I was given the opportunity to go to Vancouver, British Columbia, do the same thing. And a year later, I was general manager of that race. That's fantastic. Yeah, one thing has led to another. So I've had a a nearly four-decade career in motorsports. Just uh, in racing. That's wonderful. And your real passion, uh, we were talking before we uh, turned the mics on, are the volunteer opportunities that the Grand Prix offers individuals. I wanted to make sure that we hit that early. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, no, absolutely. Tell me a little bit about how people can get Involved. Well, they could go to our website, DetroitGP.com, and there's a volunteer tab, and it lists all the different departments that we use volunteers uh, as a temporary street circuit like Detroit on Belle Isle is. Um, we couldn't do the event without volunteer support. It's just too expensive otherwise. And um, we use volunteers in virtually every area you can think of in helping to produce the event. What are some of the areas that you're looking for right now that you might be short-staffed in? Well, right now we... Do you have anything in mascots? Because I think I could really <laughs> maybe pull a mask and like, I, I don't know. Just a thought. Just a thought. I, I don't know. Maybe we could come up with a new mascot for you, Michael. We'll we'll have to, you know, think about that. But... Uh, our largest That's a corporate no if I've yeah, ever yeah. heard it. That was really good. Yeah, yeah, thanks for your input. We'll consider it. Yeah, no, we've actually talked about having a mascot. Actually, we had an intern a few years ago that was uh, Sparty for a while. Sure. And uh, he moved on uh, to a career in Washington, D.C. I'm not sure what he's doing. But since that time, we've, all, we've bounced the idea off. You know, several times of maybe we could come up with our own uh, mascot. But Before this episode this is together. over, I will have an idea for you. <laughs> right off the top of the dome, like wheelie the wheelie fast Indy car or something. Ooh, there you go. It's just a big tire. There you go. Similar to the big tire that you see on 94. Uh-huh. Boom. There you go. I'll take the check to cash. No right. well, let, I'm not sure, though, you know, whether you want to be wheeled around the whole time, though. You know, like going, you know, having... Which word? It's, we're workshopping it. Oh, you know okay. what I'm saying? So it's that'd be not, quite dizzy, I'd, Yeah. I'd say. Absolutely. So, yeah, we're, in, in any event, the, the, volu- the largest volunteer category that we have or department is um, circuit marshals. And if people are interested in... Uh, getting closer to the track, uh, but still being ambassadors and meeting and greeting people and just making sure that they're not going into areas that they shouldn't or, you know, yeah. don't have the proper password. But this year, you know, we've opened up just about everything uh, for um, anybody that has a ticket. So Absolutely. Uh, so that's DetroitGP.com? Correct. And there's right. a whole form there. People can, can research can what they want to do. That's right. They can register online. Included in the job descriptions are things like, you know, is there a lot of standing? Is there a lot of walking? Yes and yes. You know, heavy, heavy lifting and all of those. So people can prioritize their preferences. And when they submit the application, we usually try to assign within the top three preferences. 
Uh, we're getting close to the event, so some departments are filled, but sure. we're still looking for about two to 300 volunteers. And we have a kickoff party coming up a week from Monday on April 29th. Um, I love a, Detroit loves a party. So that's, that's a volunteer right. only party? Correct. And, I'd like to volunteer. Okay. So, <laughs> and, and our special guest that evening is Joseph Newgarden who is um, a Team Penske driver who won the championship in 2017. Really great guy. He's a heartthrob for most of the female. Um, hubba hubba, eh? Yeah, yeah. And uh, anyway. Uh, That's why they call him the cruiser. You know? <laughs> so so the, the party is uh, intended to kick off our countdown to the actual event. And uh, anybody that registers in advance and or wants to register there will be allowed to attend. But uh, right. you need to go to the website to get more details. Perfect. So uh, pause this for two seconds. If you're interested in volunteering, go over to DetroitGP.com. They've got all the opportunities there. If you volunteer, uh, it sounds like there is a large party with a good-looking driver. Correct. Fantastic. Check and a, it out. And, and a very talented driver. Don't get me wrong. He's oh, also, absolutely. He's yeah. also leading the championship currently. In Correct. In addition to winning. No, really. By yeah. a lot of leader. points, too. Yeah, he's, good. Yeah. he's a good he's really yeah. driver. He won the first race of the season in yeah. St. Petersburg, Florida. So. And if, we, if I could just brag on Rena and, and the organization for a second. Yeah, most um, certainly. Not only is it... Uh, it's a great organization that, as Rena said, we couldn't host the Grand Prix without the volunteers. But it's one of the best volunteer groups that you will find anywhere. There's been the the model that has been put in place by Rena and, and the folks that run the DGPA is what we call it, Detroit Grand Prix Association. That's the volunteer group. It's a model that's been followed by a lot of organizations. I look at this as this is world class and how do we get what you've got in Detroit? And because these people are, they love the event. They're so passionate for the event. They're ambassadors, not only really for our event, but for Detroit and for, for Belle Isle and, uh, Every year when we do a survey after the race, like what's the best part about the Grand Prix, they get the star marks because they're so friendly, they're so helpful, they've always got a smile on their face, they're always positive, um, and you have a really great experience, not just you know being part of the Grand Prix, but it's like a family. Like they, These people know each other for years and years, yeah. and some of the best relationships they've ever had have been started at the, at the Grand Prix. Rena, as an example, <laughs> met her husband. At the Grand Prix? Uh, at the Grand at Prix the as a Grand volunteer. Prix. Yes. No kidding. 1983. Let it never be uh, not said. Love is in the air. Love is in the GGPA. You right? never know how being a volunteer can change your life. Well, right? and I, and I, I marked down here, the, the Detroit Grand Prix is definitely a flagship event, not only in the city, not only in the state, but as I was kind of doing a little research for this, it's known as, as a pretty premier event for the circuit. Like a lot of drivers come in here, they enjoy it. Uh, what seems to set Detroit apart in this like racing culture? You know what I mean? Is it because we're the Motor City? Is it because of the, such a such a unique? You said street circuit, such a unique venue uh, on an island. I mean, it's just the uh, the visuals when they do those overhead shots are just absolutely amazing. Right. So, what what sets the Detroit Grand Prix apart from, I, I guess, the other ones? Well, Merrill uh, or Zach <laughs> or Rena. <laughs> Well, Didn't mean to curveball you there. Why are we, we're all just chomping at the bit to answer your question. Why are so why we the best is my question. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're one of the best. Uh, you know, we don't like to claim the best because... Uh, you did and I did. Okay. Um, we have um, a unique format unlike any other on the IndyCar circuit because we offer a double header uh, where there's a race on Saturday and a race on Sunday. And we follow the Indy 500 weekend, so okay. those drivers... Which is like the biggest race in the world. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, right. So they have three full points races in seven days. I mean, it, it, the, to really, it highlights what athletes these, these drivers are. And then in addition to that, layered on that, is we also have a sports car race. The premier sports car racing series, the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, is also on our weekend. And so... Knowing how many car lovers we have in the Motor City, yeah, um, you know that that makes us a, a very knowledgeable fan base, and I think that the drivers and the leagues appreciate that. And above and beyond all of that, it's the whole event experience and how we present the event that really makes it stand out. Yeah, it, it's it's not just a race weekend. I mean, there's and, and I, I definitely want to get to 
the family events. And I mean, there's, it's just a whole bunch of slew of activities. But before we do that, we were just joined in the studio by uh, our special co-host, Mr. Marlo Johnson. Uh, thanks for showing up Hello. on time. It was it was great because I was only in bumper to bumper traffic for like a solid twenty five minutes. I think your me. microphone was off. Could you hear yourself in there? I can hear myself. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to Maybe get close to you and speak. No, I, think I, think I, think, I think you're right. I think it's off. I think he's picking up the other mic. All right. Well, we'll we'll grab uh, go out and grab Ryan, the engineer, and make sure that that mic's on. We'll get it all set up. That's what happens. But when anyway, Marlon. Yeah. So no, Mar- <laughs> but Let me. So I invited Marlon on today because. Uh, He's, he's done a couple different episodes with us, and I, I just wanted to expose uh, a whole different group. I mean, he is not by any means known as a race fan. And so, uh, in fact, he's late today because he was texting me all along the way uh, that his Uber wasn't coming on time. So you guys might <laughs> want to... Uber. Yeah, it's not or Lyft. He tried Lyft is what I kept saying. But I'm like, how fitting is that that you go to the, the fastest race on four wheels? You know what I mean? <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, so the, uh, it's a street circuit. So what, what does that mean in comparison to, like, other races of the indie, indie cars? So the, the cool thing I think about the IndyCar series um, that I like, and I'm kind of biased to it, because you, you mentioned, like, the kind of racing that you like, that you kind of grew up in love with. It's IndyCar, I think, is where you were going. Well, yeah, that, that was so that's the first, like, I never really, I didn't grow up in particular a race fan. My mom was a big race fan. Her favorite driver ever was Danny Sullivan. Yeah. And so, like, one of my, yeah, one of my first uh, childhood memories is watching, like, the the Detroit Grand Prix at Belle Isle years and years ago. It might have been, like, 90-something, early 90s. But watching the orange Marlboro car just ripping around. I think it was Michael Andretti at that time, or... Wasn't Michael? Uh, that's probably would have been Emerson Fittipaldi. Emerson Fittipaldi was yeah. the other one. Yeah. These names too, yeah. Helio Castroneves. Yeah. They just evokes imagery, you yeah. know. Yeah. yeah, those are the greats. Those are the greats, and it ties in well with uh, our theme, which is like it's our thirtieth Detroit Grand Prix this year. We'll talk about that in a minute. You asked what uh, what makes it so cool, right? So I think what um, IndyCars very diverse like the the series races and it, it, our race is a great example, as Rena said. Weekend before our race, they're racing at the Indy 500s. These guys are going 240, 245 miles an hour around a really, really high-speed oval. Crazy, right? Insane. Yeah, other than the Grand Prix, that's the one that I know is the Indy 500. Everybody knows that one, right? Is that the one where they they drink milk at the end of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So they do that, and then they come (laughs) just days later, and they're racing on a street circuit like Belle Isle. Very bumpy. You turn left, you turn right. A lot of slow corners, fast corners, you transition pavement, you know, from, from concrete to asphalt. Uh, so you got to really be a, a, a full complement of uh, driving ability to succeed in IndyCar because you not only have to do these street circuits like what we have on Belle Isle, they have to race short ovals, they race big ovals, they race road courses, like these permanent road courses that are huge. Is that so, like Monaco? Is that another one? Monaco's more of a street race. Okay. Yeah. So if you look at a road course like Road America, you know what that is? Yep. Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin. It's a it's it's a big Jeez, huge. Yeah. State. How about yep. Watkins Glen in New York? That's a name that might is be. the Brickyard a thing? No, bought... Brickyard's Indy, 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 oh. Indy five hundred. Yes. Yeah, Shoot. that's okay. That's uh, <laughs> Brickyard is like the NASCAR version of the Indy five hundred. Yeah, okay. So it's, the, it's the NASCARs competing at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. But anyway, I warned you guys courses. that we were informed. Right. Right. I warned yeah. that right no, from no, the get go. to educate you. Yeah, educate yeah. me. Educate our listeners. Educate yeah. Marlo. Mar- yeah. So. A ra- am I a racing fan? Do I know much about cars? Are or you, anything you, for that I don't matter? know much about anything. Uh, I'm going to be honest Mike's you, working now. I don't even know yeah. how to drive. So, like, I mean, at a certain point, <laughs> like, that's right. I just get stoked every time I even see a car driving. I'm like, I can't do that. That's incredible. Um, let alone one going let 200 alone miles an hour. Really fast. Yeah. Like, whoa, oh my God. Um, He's barely allowed to use the scooters around the city. Have you seen the scooters? Use, I can use oh, sure. one. You can, can use, use one out of the three. Only one? You're only checked out on one? Well, because only one doesn't require you to have a driver's license. So uh, that is, a, and it's like, uh, it's not like a, a DUI or a depressing thing. I just never learned how to drive because I'm like an idiot savant. Um, and so, yeah, no, I just get stoked. So then I think I have like a more aesthetic love of like racing and, and whatnot because I do think like it was very exhilarating for somebody who can't like place themselves in their yeah. position to be like, yeah, yeah. Um, like growing up, we, you know, my family's not originally from America, and so we didn't really grow up with a lot of racing. And I think my dad was had this like abject fascination, like that's crazy. Where'd you grow up? Uh, so I was the first one born here. My dad's uh, from South Africa. Oh, great! That's cool. 
Well, Very cool. what, 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 I think really for somebody like you, you do not even have to be a race fan to come out and enjoy the event, though. No, that's true. I like right. like both of us. We enjoy events and like spectacles right. and just like where you can you can the energy is palpable, and that's definitely not only indie racing, but when you when you have that backdrop of the Renaissance Center and and the visuals and the sounds, the sights, the smells, it's definitely. I mean, when you like that first time you hear that indie car ripping around and you feel it in your yeah. chest, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think that's on, on a primal level what makes it so like, oh yeah, like I'm alive, it's you know? Very visceral, like, right? Yeah, exactly. It's very evocative and, as well. And the other thing that's really kind of cool is normally the speed limit on Belle Isle on any of the streets is 25 miles an hour, and to think that we're taking these you know, zoomed up cars and they're out there racing on the on the backstretch on the strand, they're going what up to 180 miles an hour mm-hmm. down that stretch on the road that we're you know, we're traveling at twenty five miles an hour. Do they with, ever with have their any... butts about an inch off, off the, the ground. ground. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. really bumpy. Do they ever have any issues with that? Because I mean Michigan <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah, I yeah. a couple of years ago something happened, didn't it? Yeah, well the, you probably think the track kind of broke up a little bit a yeah. few years ago. In Michigan, our roads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. On Belle Isle, it's a month after it's yeah. done freezing. Yeah, it's also tough because it's an island, right? It's yeah. people don't realize like they're running on a course that it's got water underneath it. It's the yeah. Detroit River, like right underneath it. So yeah, it's not very, it's not very conducive to very smooth and you know normal conditions, right? So that's another thing that's really cool about it is that these guys race on surfaces and tracks that are. You, you, you push the limits, you push it to the edge, and that's definitely what these guys do. And then, again, you talk about the danger aspect of it. That's kind of what makes it so exciting. Yeah, and there, it does definitely have a big impact on the island and on the infrastructure. Uh, I know that the, uh, there's a few individuals, and not even a few, but there's a group, uh, a number of people that have, that take kind of issue with the impact on the state park land as far as... Um, like the setup and takedown. Like, and I'll be honest with you, sometimes I, I do get frustrated. I'm driving over there trying to, I don't know, do whatever on Belle Island and half of it's closed down. How would you guys respond to people that, you know, maybe are, are frustrated with, by that? You want me to take that? Or you yeah, want to? yeah, but I mean, and I'm not trying to, I'm not, I'm not trying to rough you. Yeah, hard no, no, no. Well, no, no, I, and, no, and I'm not trying no, to like. No, no, it's a legitimate yeah, question. Like, it's a legitimate yeah. question, and and you know we enjoy the park ourselves. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And that's I, the thing is, I, I think that people kind of look at it and that there's opposing factions here, right? Um, and and really, at, at the end of the day, as Rena said, we all have the kind of same goal in mind. Our our event. A lot of people don't know it's a nonprofit event. Like they think we're making money hand over fist over this event. It's really not like that at all. Right. Everything goes back into Belle Isle. And that's, we care so much about that island. And certainly Mr. Penske, he was the guy who kind of formed this yeah. and brought the event back in, in the downtown Detroit partnership, care a lot about the island so that we put a lot into it. Right. Yeah. Well, you did, you have a vested interest in making sure that it's, right. that, that the island is kept up and, and functioning for sure. Yeah. I mean, like when, when this event came back, it was away for about six years and it came back in 2007 under, you know, Roger Penske kind of came off the Super Bowl and the, being the host, the chairman of the host committee, wanted to bring the, the Grand Prix back because it's something that had been laid dormant. They knew that there was a racetrack there, but he knew. And it's such a historical piece of Detroit, is, too. It, it really is. And it needed a lot of help at that yeah. particular point in time. It was it was under the, the, the city's domain, right, the city park, um, and it needed a lot of help. There was a lot of yeah. things that were in disrepair. So it really kind of brought the Grand Prix back to give back to Belle Isle to have a, an event that was a big event that shined a, a bright light on Detroit and could contribute to the, to the work that was needed to be done on the island. So, you know, we're pretty proud of the fact that with our partners, you know, a lot of our sponsors – and the Grand Prix itself has made over $13.5 million worth of improvements on the island since 2007 and continuing every year to do something yeah. to, to get back to the island. Because, you know, the state took over control of the island a few years ago um, and managed it, and it, they've made it a lot better. You know, yeah, I agree completely. I mean, yeah. I grew up going to Belle Isle, and yeah. that's where I, that's actually <laughs> funny. So it's where I learned to drive. Was, was, yeah, yeah, so I learned to drive on Belle <laughs> on Isle. On those very streets. On those very streets. Right. That uh, Mario Andretti was racing on. There you go. And there's a market. be said for that, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I definitely wasn't hitting 180, you know, maybe 35. <laughs> but, you know, uh, but there's something to be said because there there has been such a market change just from a, uh, in a couple of years where people are like, they, they see, 
Oh, Belle Isle's gotten a lot nicer. Well, yeah, there's a reason sure. that it's gotten nicer, and it's it's not doesn't happen for free. It no, doesn't, and, and it's not all because of the Grand Prix. No, no, certainly. but there's but, but there's certainly to it. We'll yeah, continue to yeah, and, absolutely, and not just to the islands, but like the Belle Isle Conservancy. I know right. that you guys do a ton of work with them, and they do a great job. And uh, one of the events that um, is one of the most popular things that we do. Each year at the Grand Prix is a fundraiser called the Grand Premier that we host on Friday night, and that's all the money raised at the Grand Premier charity charity gala is dedicated uh, right back to the Belle Isle Conservancy. It's raised over four million dollars over the last five years just for the conservancy, and that's in addition to that thirteen and a half million that we talked about that go to improvements. That's money that our event helps raise for the conservancy for projects that they determine on the island. One of the things that we did last year raised a million dollars at that event last year. Almost half of it, $400,000, was dedicated to the Scott Fountain. And it's a beautiful fountain. It's the iconic landmark of Belle Isle. You know, the cars race around it. Everybody knows the fountain. If you know Belle Isle, you got a memory of that place from way back. If it wasn't for that money and it wasn't for the efforts of guys like Robert Carpenter with DTE who keep that thing running every year. Shout out Robert Carpenter because we're having him on the podcast. That's awesome. Uh, We'll we'll circle back here, but continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if, if it wasn't for the Grand Prix and events like that to kind of keep that fountain running and that money, yep. that's not for like a big, you know, facelift improvement. That's to keep the thing running, like yeah. repairing leaks and drainage. And uh, a lot of that is still that. like from the 1920s. Exactly. I, I was fortunate enough, maybe two, three weeks ago, I was just bumming around Belle Isle, just walking around and, and ran into Robert. And uh, he was he was working, doing something with like a, a big bus on it. Started kind of peeking around, like trying to get his attention, and uh, I asked him, "Like, hey, you know, my name is Mike. Can I just go look at like this fountain that, like, the under because it's all underground, all yeah. that piping?" Yeah. He's like, "Yeah, sure, come on in." And he was, I mean, he was thrilled to to show me around, and uh, we're actually going to be having him on the podcast. I think May fifteenth. We just confirmed it today, and then we're going to try to uh, put together a the Detroit local uh, tour of the James Scott Memorial Fountain. Kind of hear about the history of, of who he was and take everyone underneath. And it's it'll a fascinating be, story. Yeah, it yeah, really it is. is. And then it'll be a, a really cool opportunity to make uh, uh, some donations to that yeah, fountain to great. assist. I he, don't think we're going to raise half a million dollars like you guys have. That's crazy. Yeah, we don't know that. You don't that's have. true, huh? Let's have, I think that's such an important bit of the narrative that maybe doesn't get as spread around that much. You know, Absolutely. People do tend to have the perception of, of sponsored events yeah. uh, and of... Um, events where there's a lot of money going around that it is for profit or sure. that it's you know not directly benefiting but I mean those numbers you know ordinary events couldn't raise that ordinary non-sponsored right. events couldn't raise that as long as the money is you know flowing back into I think the thing that everybody is passionate about when we talk about people having diverse issues and, and uh, you know opinions on the issue they're all passionate about the same thing which is that's right. that's right and and you know in that context I think you know it's good that people are passionate about it it's, it's, it's something that people should see more that uh, it's a non-profit and that, that sponsorship and the money is flowing back into Belle Isle yeah. instead of being like some obscene money grab etc cetera, etc cetera, whatever which yeah people well, do get the wrong idea about it for right, sure yeah, yeah. And, and I think you know one of the other things that we've helped through the fundraising efforts from Grand Premier is to keep the aquarium open for free I mean those I love money, that it's the oldest are, aquarium in, in America right right, yeah. right and and through the Grand Prix a lot of our partners frankly were came to Belle Isle maybe for the first time mm-hmm. and were introduced to the idea of you know kind of joining our cause and on their own or in partnership with us they've gone on to support other you know improvements and stuff but back Mike back to your first question original question I guess about that was the probably constru- a while ago. Yeah, no, no, the, <laughs> the, the, the construction timeline and whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. I think we should recognize that with our new agreement, we heard, you know, very clearly, we listened and we heard clearly about, you know, some of the objections and the fact that we have a, you know, shorter window to enjoy the really nice days on Belle Isle. So, you know, much to the chagrin of our operations director who has to build and yeah, tear sure. the track down, we've narrowed that window. So this year, you. you know, what what had been 94 days of construction yeah. time just a few years ago is now down to 60 days this year, and we're going to shave even one more day off next year to 59. So it's under under two months. Fantastic. And building it up and taking it That's down. fantastic. And, and the event. But, it, but not only that, we have gone through a whole series of changes this year in how the venue is laid out. 
so that we can minimize the disruption on the island. So okay. as, as an example, we've flipped um, Grandstand 1 and the Front Stretch Hospitality Chalets on either side of Sunset Drive. So, you know, if you were trying to turn right onto Sunset as you come on yeah, the island. Yeah, that, and that's that's the big one where people right, are like, oh, right. I got to... It was closed off for, for many more weeks. Well, now with this change that we've made, uh, people will be able to turn right onto Sunset right up until almost race week. You know, that's there, fantastic. There won't be a shutdown at all of that that roadway until we actually secure the venue going into race week. So, you know, we, we heard about, we heard the objections. I mean, well, I, that's absolutely wonderful. You yeah. guys, you guys listened to what was going on, you know what I mean? And, and you made a change. And I think that, uh, that is definitely something that should, you know, people should, should realize, you know what right. I mean? Not only are you giving back, not only are you, uh, you know, bringing a world-class event, to the people of, of Michigan, of Detroit, but you're also listening to the concerns and the comments and the questions and, and not just listening, but addressing them and fixing some of the issues. So I think uh, the other thing to keep in mind too, is that I think there's a narrative out there that once the build out starts for the event, you can't use Belle Isle anymore. Right. And that's just, it's, it's not, not true. true. Yeah. We leave, we go to, you know, a lot of lengths from the operations team and the way we schedule everything in the build out to leave every area that we can of the island as open as long as we can, you know, gaps in walls and, you know, making sure that we're not in the roadway so that we're not impeding the folks that use that, you know, that bike every day on Belle Isle, that walk every day on Belle Isle, that fish. You know, we leave all that stuff open because we want people to enjoy it. Yeah. The thing we always try it's to It's kind of cool to see it is, as it's right? going up. So you're like, oh, there's a grandstand. I usually like ride my bike over like there. A, a new <laughs> city in there, and it is cool like you did. You got you learned how to drive on the streets of Belle Isle yeah. where these world-class drivers come and compete there, and you get to see that that world-class facility kind of built yeah. and, and grow and turn into this thing that we, we broadcast across the world and showcase Detroit and Windsor and Belle Isle to – you know, to the international audience and get a chance to, to, to show what we have and what we are proud of, right? Yeah, so. especially over the last couple of years, Detroit has been in such a, not just a national, but like a worldwide spotlight, uh, bringing in that event, bringing it back and having people literally from around the world tuning in as race fans, as fans of Detroit and seeing something that, yeah, we've, we've talked a lot about narrative, seeing a different side yeah. of the city because, I mean, for years and years, uh, as a kid growing up, all you see is like, oh, Detroit, another, you know, another abandoned building or another whatever, you know, and uh, the fact that we, that that was gone didn't help the Grand, the fact that the Grand Prix was gone didn't help anybody's, you know, impression by, by all means, you know what I mean? So, but, but what, that's funny, so funny you should mention that because, you know, I'm the one here that actually harkened, <laughs> you did, you did, because, you know, I'm the one that harkens back to the days before we ever had a Grand Prix. Sure. And and at that time, think about it. We were coming off the 1967 uprising, and for a good decade, the uprising. I like the word yeah, choice. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, you know, for a good decade. Yeah. You know, the, Detroit was just so negatively perceived. And one of the things there was an organization back then called Detroit Renaissance Inc. It was you know Max Fisher and Henry Ford and you know Mayor Young. And they were looking for ways to try to turn around that image of Detroit. And a decision was made to pursue a, a you know, a Grand Prix, a, sure. a motor sports event in Detroit where the Motor City. And they went after the most premier uh, form of motor Formula sports, One at the time, Formula right? Formula One, yep. that's absolutely correct. And so it took them the better part of that decade, but they were successful. And in 1982, we hosted the very first Grand Prix in first weekend of June, right, uh, right in downtown Detroit. Was it, it wasn't on Belle Isle yet, right? It was no, in the street. Yeah, I remember was, being in the streets of Detroit yeah, at some right. point, too. I remember literally being part of a team that shut down East Jefferson Avenue on Wednesday Yeah, you want to talk about inconveniencing yeah. people. You know <laughs> exactly. what I mean? Belle Isle doesn't sound so bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So you think about that, you know, now 38 years ago, 
Uh, and it, it, you know, some things, you know, everything they say about goes around, comes around. I mean, you think back to then and what motivated us then, and still to this day, we are in a position where we're speaking to an international audience and, you know, positioning Detroit in a very positive light with all the beautiful imagery and, and reaching, you know, around the world and, and trying to show off this great city. I think that's such a key point for me as well. I mean, like that national spotlight, that national attention, but also um, I've had friends who recently moved to the city, but I mentioned the Grand Prix to them, they'd be like, are you serious? Like such a thing exists in Detroit, but not just, you know, there is the Grand Prix, It's there is this island, there is the fountain, there is this aquarium, there is the conservatory, there is this like giant massive, park, like yeah. this enormous park that is now in the city. I mean, it's, that is, I think, the greatest value that I perceive, and I think that maybe like even beyond, you know, anything else of upkeep of the park, the greatest impact is this is the the way to introduce such a hidden and beautiful part about Detroit, not hidden for us, obviously, um, to the rest of the world. Because can you imagine like people just being like, "Whoa, there's this once a year, right. there is this event, and there it's on this island, and it's this old." And like, I think it's it's a, an appealing part of the like we keep talking about narrative. I think that's like the sexiest part of the narrative to me is like this is a treasure, quintessentially Detroit. It is. And I mean, it, it amazes me also, like we talk about that survey that we do and every year we kind of ask people, you know, how did you, when you experienced the Grand Prix, how many times have you been to Belle Isle? You know, was it your first time? Was it, you, know, you come back every year for the Grand Prix? We're amazed every year that so many people, they've never been to Belle Isle before, except for when they came for the Grand Prix, or maybe they were from another part of the world. And all they knew about Detroit was when they saw the Detroit Grand Prix on TV once a year, right? So they wanted to come and check it out. So it does really expose the island, expose the city to a new audience, right? And, yep. and, and it's, a, it's for a lot of people, we don't think about it that way because we, you know, we drive by Belle Isle every day or we are aware of it or we've got a history with it that they don't, we don't appreciate like what this means and how that's perceived, how this really, you know, brings people closer to Detroit because that's what they see in their perception of Detroit is that island during that weekend when you see cars racing by and you see the beautiful overhead shots and it looks like Monaco, right? Yeah, about absolutely. That's what it looks like when you when you see it on TV and those broadcasts. Yeah, and so, uh, what? <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Your phone says a little battery. Oh, that's all right, dude. That's fine. Uh, so, but keep Plug it in, in, man. Yeah, it in. I'll just let it die. No one's calling me. So, but uh, to go, you mentioned just like, yeah, obviously there's that beautiful imagery, but it's not just about racing that weekend. Sure, that's a big part of it, but it's a family-centered, family-fun event with music and food and, and all kinds of different uh, activities and, and goings-ons. What are some of the, the things that other people can do if, you know, maybe they want to bring their family down or they want to, you know, maybe they're, they like racing, but they can't imagine being there for just the race? Zach? <laughs> that's, that's a good one for Zach. Um, well, one of the, one of the biggest parts of the Grand Prix is the Meyer uh, fan zone. Okay. Um, shout out Meyer. Shout, shout out, Meyer. out Meyer. Great partners. Been partners for a long time. Um, where you can do anything from watch people on pogo sticks or play football or, um, uh, a hundred other things. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Maybe a bounce house. Who knows? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but bring the big giant chairs food, that are drinks. Yeah. 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 Bubble, bubble, bubble soccer. soccer. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say bubble soccer. Right. Um, Bowling. Yeah. The week before you guys usually open it up to uh slow roll as well. Don't you? Correct. That's one of my favorite bike rides. I've got this yeah. giant cruiser. I, I was showing Zach on the Instagram. It's like a, High handlebar, all lights up, like one of the I ones with music. I think I've seen you out there. It's then. certainly possible yes. that you have. Did you do the ride? Did you do I, the ride every year? Bell? Every oh, year, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. From what we hear from the organizers of Slow Roll, it is like their most popular ride. Yeah. Of the summer because it's the only time that you get to ride on Belle Isle as such a large group, and then the fascination of being able to actually take a lap around the track. Yeah, exactly. I'm making and, noises yeah, usually, yeah, like yeah, I'm like, yeah, you're really fly yeah, right yeah. Ring, 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 ring. Yeah. <laughs> That's and, my bell on top. I was yeah. motioning it. For, we're on radio, but you know. <laughs> we, actually, we actually, yeah. we bring the, you know, the riders in, and they go tra track direction, take the full lap, cross that finish line, you know, and, and uh, feel like real racers out there. We also have a... Um, uh, fun run on Sunday morning, the weekend before the Grand Prix. Pretty big oxymoron that, there, don't you think? Yeah, well, you know, but but you know, 
you enjoy Belle Isle in every different fashion. Yeah. So um, we actually have a, 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 one of our cars, you know, sort of pace the, the runners. And, Hopefully um, in front, not yeah, behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's a big deal. Go faster, run faster. You got to get off the track. You got to run. It's a good motor sport there for you. But that is also a, a family focused event as yeah. well. They when do. is that? Because I actually just got into running about a year ago. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah, I've been dominating it too, but I'm not even going to lie to you. Like, I've been doing fantastic. Um, let's see. It's the Sunday before. Uh, it's the Sunday of Memorial Day weekend. Okay, uh, so and it's on DetroitGP.com too. Sixth? No, that's too late. I think DetroitGP.com. There's a five k yes, they yes, can sign yes, out for. Exactly. Yeah. And then the the other thing, you know, the hopefully families could enjoy. Uh, well, one of the new assets that we've got coming this year is. Uh, um, on like a mobile marketing trailer from the U.S. Air Force. So not only can you go in the trailer and you know put on the the goggles helmet. or whatever the helmet and <laughs> and and be a part of the Air Force simulators, but they also are going to have some different activities out in front of that trailer that you can pretend you're training for the Air Force. So. Um, you know, uh, rock climbing and, and I guess... I like the idea of a giant video game that I get to sit down yeah, and, and fly jets. Yeah, it really gets yeah. to yeah, like, yeah, like, fulfill my fantasy of being a fighter jet. That's about it. Pretend training is not like... that's you can yeah. see, Let's no, no, see how no, many no, no, pull-ups sorry. you can do. I was going to say, pretend training is just yeah. training. Yeah, well, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 like, it's a different rock wall. It's not wall. imaginary. It's just a rock wall. It's not virtual. It's real. Yeah. Yeah. All right, and then the one thing we have, <laughs> the, the, the other area that we haven't touched on is our live music. There we go. And uh, we've got some national acts coming in to be featured. Meryl, you want to go sure. through the schedule? Sure. By the way, it is the 26th. It is Sunday the 26th. 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 Thank yeah, you. So there you go. Marked on your schedule. I, well, I, like I'm saying, I do run now. I did. Uh, I went from a 5K to a half marathon in March, June. Like six months. That's obscene. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. But yeah. I haven't really run since then. Like, so, limitless like, physical potential. No, dude, I'm terrified no. of you. No, <laughs> what it is, it's like I can train my brain to be like, all right, this is going to suck for the next two hours. But after that, you can go have a burger and just chill out and like <laughs> like rub it in people and That's bring it up like now. Like, right, right. Like, hey, the best part you guys ever run a half marathon? Yeah. <laughs> no big That's deal. Terrible. No, but, but the, the, <laughs> it's the moral <laughs> superiority is what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. The distance of the track is 2.3 miles, so I think they modified a little bit to get to a 5K. Sure, sure. Uh, and all the kids get capes, you know, so they can be running along. And trying that sounds like ageism. Well. You know? yeah, I think, I think you, you should run it and make those noises as you run. I, I do. That that's, cool. how I, that's how I transport myself to, like, yeah. other things. Yeah. yeah. see a dude running down the streets going... <laughs> yeah, I imagine I'm an IndyCar or a monster truck, depending on how I'm feeling that day, you know. But so so you guys have live music coming music. up as well. Yeah, so uh, yeah, typically we host music uh, from national local acts every year at the Grand Prix. We're pretty proud of the lineup that we've got this year, though. Um, so on Saturday night, uh, that would be the June 1st, uh, we have Frankie Ballard, who's a Michigan uh, country music star, born in Michigan. Uh, has had a number of number one hits, uh, and he is going to be playing on our entertainment stage in the fan zone on Saturday night, kind of after all the racing's done and wrapped up. Uh, Frankie will come on stage and, and, and clean up. It. Yeah, man, he'll do it. And we've got local acts, you know, throughout the course of the weekend, uh, some other national acts too. But then on Sunday, uh, we've got a matinee concert from Stone Temple Pilots, which is pretty cool. No way. Yeah, yeah, STP. That's and awesome. They yeah. also they see, like genuine I excitement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, because well, they have a new lead singer, right? Obviously, Who's from Michigan. From Michigan. Yeah, That's right. Jeff Gutt. Yeah. And he actually performed the national anthem at our event in 2015. No so, kidding. Yeah, we're before, welcoming. Before he was Mr. Big Show. Yeah, kind of full circle. Home. Yeah. 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 So yeah, we're pretty proud of the lineup. But again, there's the other awesome. uh, other <laughs> acts here in the course. And the cool thing about it is, is that you don't have to pay extra for that. Like that's mm -hmm. included in your ticket. You get a chance to experience these concerts and see a lot of music. So, you know, we hope people don't do this. Like they they do watch the racing mm -hmm. and get excited about the racing. But literally, if you weren't a race fan and you were just into a festival and you know, like kind a of a celebration, yeah, yeah, you can come down and experience all of that stuff and never really even you know see a car on track. You hear it for sure. Yeah. You'd feel um, it. You'd feel it. That's how I'm with Tigers games. I might catch an inning. I might not. Yeah, I just like, I like to, I like I, that. So I have to be in the crowd yeah. and walk yeah. around. And, yeah. yeah. I don't. It's a great place to people watch though too. Yeah. Um, and it's the 30th, the 30th, Detroit not, yeah, 30th Detroit Grand Prix. Out of 38 years, you know, all the stops and starts that we've had, there was a, not only a, a gap 
uh, due to the Great Recession between 2008 sure. and 2012. But before that, there was a gap. Uh, uh, the last race before 2007 was 2001. And then we, of course, transitioned from downtown out to Belle right. Isle. You know, so, you know, I like to think of it as we've had four different eras of the Detroit Grand Prix. And, and you've but, rocked them all. But but we come back. And, yeah. You know, right now. Can't keep you, us down. Yeah, can't keep us down. You Do know, any just, memories of any specific races stand out as being like like great stories or like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that happened or I hope no one finds out about that or like – I can't think of anything that'd be crazy in the race world, but again, I well, know, the one peel that, the curtain back for us yeah, a little bit. The, the, well, the one you referenced early on about the when the track actually started breaking up. That, oh yeah, that, that would have right? been. I mean, it was pretty. It was really, frankly, miraculous that we, you know, we we recognized that the race officials recognized that, and immediately they stopped the race. Those but, tires, I mean, they grip that road right. and just pull, so it's right. not like... Exactly. It was also coming off a hard rain, so there was all that stuff, and it was the last race of the weekend, and it was, yeah, a lot of things went into that. Right, so, so you think about it, this was, you know, not even halfway through the race, and our operations team, I mean, we had executives from Penske Corporation right on down to our, you know, frankly, hourly laborers yeah. and volunteers out there repairing the track that we were able to do it in such a relatively short period of time that we were able to turn it around like, I think it was less than an hour and a half. Yeah, and they kept racing. And we went back to racing. Yeah, and that, and I can't think, I, I, believe me, I've been... <laughs> Around the world, helping out at different races, and um, I can't think of, that's the big one. Yeah. I can't think of anywhere else where they would have had a situation like that and be able to turn it around as quickly as it's as very Detroit esque to exactly. be able to do that. Exactly. Another Detroit esque moment here. I was reading one of the first uh, race courses. I guess was there was actually a railroad crossing, so you'd have like these indie cars just tearing ass down the road and hitting railroad tracks. That was in Baltimore. First oh, that was in Baltimore? Baltimore? Yeah. And the same was, thing in San Jose. Yeah, and San Jose, yeah. yeah. We've had a few, t again, temporary, you know, races. That's that. the beauty I of like uh, Indy Carnival. a little spicy. Yeah. 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 Well, that's what we were saying before you showed up, that uh, part of, like, the allure is kind of like, oh, it's going fast, it's a little dangerous. Yeah. And there used to be this, uh, like, the rally trucks that were hitting jumps. And, yep. Oh. Yeah. You guys should bring those back. Right. <laughs> I, I can actually go back to the early Formula One years, too, where we had a situation, you know, the great Ayrton Senna, very famous, probably the one of the most popular Formula One drivers still to this day. And he won three consecutive times in Detroit. In the third year, he refused to go to the media center for his post-race interviews. That was an interesting Just challenge. an angry guy? or yeah, yeah, he just didn't want to go and meet with the media. That's a big flex. Yeah. I kind of like that. Yeah. Wow, yeah. Whatever, yeah. I kind of like that. <laughs> Well, you know what? No, come on. I'm totally like, that guy. If I won something like a third time, I would just put on sunglasses and walk yeah. out. I don't believe that. I don't, I don't get that about you. So we got to get one plug as we talk about the 30th. Um, we're going to have a, an exhibit at the Detroit Historical Museum that's going to debut on May 4th. Okay. That's going to uh, commemorate the 30 years of the Detroit Grand Prix. So we've got uh, some cool cars. We've got some artifacts. Uh, historical photos and imagery and stories that were, were kind of some of the stuff that we're kind of talking about today uh, is going to be featured at the Detroit Historical Museum on Woodward. So we're pretty proud about that. And starting on May 4th. Starting on May That's 4th. my favorite museum in the city. Yeah, it's cool. Isn't it? It's a cool place. It really is. And we're taking some of the artifacts there and the themes and the creative and all that, and we're bringing it to the island, and we're going to have a tent uh, that we're going to call our Heritage Exhibit that's going to also kind of build off that and commemorate those 30 years, more vehicles, more artifacts, more stories. We're going to have drivers out there, some of the race winners from over the years who are going to do, we're going to do fan forums so they can meet with the fans. The people get a chance to ask them questions, their memories about racing in Detroit, signing autographs and all that. So, you know, it's a big deal to us. It's a, yeah. it's, it's a pretty significant thing to reach 30 years or 30 races yeah. and a temporary street circuit, especially with all the starts and stops and different locations and different racing series and all that. So we're proud of it. And we want to celebrate it this year. So. We encourage all the fans to kind of come out and celebrate that with us. Absolutely. And I commend uh, your entire organization for the work that you're doing uh, in the city, for the island, for uh, the Belle Isle Conservancy. Uh, the money that you're raising, the events that you're bringing, I think they're just phenomenal. Uh, before we get out of here, I, I, well, I couldn't think of a name for a, a mascot. 
But it's still, I'm thinking like a something with a tire. I don't speedy. know. Speedy. How about Speedy? Yeah, Speedy the speed bump. How's that? There you go. He's just a, he's just a big pillar of concrete. You want to yeah. be that guy? You yeah. want to be Speedy? Yeah, sure. Get right. out there in the big costume. Yeah, why not? Right. I mean. Can people run over you? There's an open bar, right? <laughs> How cushy is it? Yeah, yeah well, thanks, guys. Uh, that's not what I was going to say, but uh, before... Before I let you guys go, there is a thing that uh, Zach and I have talked about. And I think with uh, Marlo's smart aleck comment there towards the end that we're going to uh, switch out Kari and put Marlo in. Do you agree, yes or no, before you hear the idea? Uh, Do, trust yeah, me. I you guess. trust me? I always trust you. Okay. that's. <laughs> we'll get back to that. But, okay, you guys do every year. So as long, when I was a kid, I used to watch this show called Dare Don on Channel 7. Oh, no. And he was. Don Shane. Yeah, Don Shane. He was yeah. a sportscaster. Yeah. And they would have them like, Dare Don, do this. Dare Don, do this. Uh, I think we're going to call it Make Marlowe. No, 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 and what we're going to do, there's a thing that you guys do called the hot lap. Yeah. Yeah. The hot lap. <laughs> you got to say it like the hot lap. And uh, what they do is they put individuals into, I don't know which, what kind of cars, like pretty fast cars or? Uh, well, the Camaros. Yeah. Yeah. And so, they just. up production cars, but okay. like track prepared so yeah. they can hit the track. And they throw, uh, they throw you in the passenger seat and they let the. Uh, one of the IndyCar drivers go as fast as they can around, right? And we're going to wait, and we're going to put a GoPro on you, make a video out of it. Is that something that you guys think you could set up for us? Absolutely. Now, here's the thing. Is there I'm a taking seat? Uber rides in the city of Detroit at 3 in the Just morning. I'm pretty bad. sure I'm going to be fine. <laughs> See, I, I don't know, man. Uh, That's a little different. I get scared going that totally fast. totally chill. Yeah. 180? And with a, the wall right next to you? You know what the nice thing is? If I die, it'll be like... Like that, and then it's fine, and then I'll see you in hell, and we'll be okay. Jesus we'll get Christ. to hang out for the rest of our lives. I'm sure there's 11 shirts to go around, but anyway, okay. Uh, is we're there anything set, else? We're going to set that up. I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm you know, very, save, very down. Save some time for that on Thursday. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm putting it in my. I, I will put yeah. that in my calendar. We will, will make you it. scream. I guarantee. <laughs> guarantee. Yeah. That's. Fu- this is. I'm into it now. Yeah. 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 Well, so we'll get. Uh, we'll get our, our couple camera guys to come out. We'll make a little video Deal. for it and, and do the whole the whole nine for sure. Deal. Uh, again, the website uh, where people can learn more and, and get tickets and, and volunteer. DetroitGP.com. Tickets start as low as forty five bucks. And the one Pretty thing we didn't weekend. mention is that Friday is free for everybody. Right. Comerica Bank. Uh, sponsors of the day, and thanks to their support, you can come out, ride the shuttles for free, come in. About the only thing you'd have to spend money on is food and beverage. That sounds wonderful. Any other sponsors that you guys want to uh, just to we, mention? I was just going to say, we need it, wouldn't be a PR guy if I didn't thank yeah, our for sponsors. Sure. So, Chevrolet.